0: Hello, nature lovers. Welcome to Grand Birds,
1: a show about bird life and birding in Moab and Grand County. Welcome to Grand Birds. If you've been out in the local pinyon juniper woodlands, especially in the winter or spring, you may have been lucky enough to hear something like this. That would be a group of pinion jays, one of the most gregarious, understudied, and unfortunately rapidly declining birds of our local area. There's presently a study of pinion jays underway, cooperatively between the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the Utah Division of Wildlife Resources, and the Bird Conservancy of the Rockies. Scientists from these organizations were in our area in March to trap and tag pinion jays, Brandi chatted with them about pinyon jay ecology in general, and this project specifically. In this episode, she talks with Utah Division of Wildlife Resources Biologist, Scott Gibson.
0: Kind of give a little overview of, I don't know, I guess the ecology of the pinyon jay community and why it's struggling. um, I I think the best place to kind of start is to backtrack a few years and the way that we. The state of utah and division of wildlife sort of gotten involved in this is fish and wildlife service we had been working collaboratively with them and they came to us and and we started working with them to try and develop a way that we could survey for pinyon jays in the state so we have data dating back to the 60s and a lot of it's based on the breeding bird surveys and it showed that these birds are declining basically at about four percent per year i mean plus or minus and it's that's kind of an annual rate. And so we know they're declining, but we don't really have any information as to why that's necessarily happening. Um, what are d- the drivers and the mechanisms that are, you know, leading to these declines. And so, uh, in order to, to kind of get at that, the first step is really to be able to find, uh, find the birds first of all, and then find their breeding colonies. And so one of the cool things about pinion jays is they, are a colonial breeding species. And so there aren't, you know, there aren't a lot of birds that necessarily do that, at least land birds per se. And so it was kind of a, a neat uh, you know stimulus to go out there and say, how can we develop protocol and a survey effort that will allow us to find these birds in sort of a repeatable and robust way. That's when it started. And we partnered with Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, and US Fish and Wildlife Service to do this. And, and in Utah, the effort is funded by the US Fish and Wildlife Service. Uh, Colorado, they were funded by the BLM. Uh, It was kind of a parallel effort in both states to begin to find these colonies. And the initial, sort of our initial thought is we're going to be happy if we find a colony. I mean, we really didn't think it was going to be that successful. Uh, And over the years, the last three years, we've, um, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but I'd say in Utah we've probably found, you know, 25, 30 colonies um, just through these survey efforts. And so hopefully those colony locations will help hannah in you know her project and being able to then you know hopefully down the road put some even better transmitters on these birds and and get some more fine spatial movements and and things uh, and habitat use of these birds you know something better than just one point a day you know it would be great if we could get multiple points or if we could find you know these birds this is what they're doing this time of year because pinion jays are they move a lot and their their ranges can be quite large i mean you can you can be talking about you know ten thousand acres um that they're going to use just sort of in the breeding season and then to sort of compound that we don't know oftentimes what they do in the winter i mean people see them at feeders a lot in the winter but these birds can be eruptive and which means essentially that they can if they don't have a good food source in there, if they weren't able to catch pinyon seeds in a nearby area, they can take off. And, and right. when I say take off, I'm not talking about 10 miles. I mean, it could be hundreds of miles away. Oh, wow. Um, and flocks from one area might merge with another one. And so oftentimes, I, I, get, I hear a lot, like, why are you working with pinyon jays? They're everywhere. And, and part of the reason I think people think that is because they do come into feeders occasionally if you're in an area where there's pinyon juniper habitat. And in the winter, they do form these large... And it may be multiple flocks that are coming together. You're seeing a lot of different birds and they're very noisy and they're blue. So right. every, you know, everybody sees them and they think, oh, they're everywhere. Right. right. Um, and you can hear them from a mile away, literally. And so I think there's this idea that just because people can hear and see them on the landscape that they're doing fine. And right. data suggests potentially otherwise.
1: Join us next week for part two of our pinion J episode, where graduate student Hannah Wright talks with Brandy about her research project involving pinion jays in Utah and northern New Mexico. I'm Glenn Kincaid.
0: This has been Grand Birds. I'm Brandy Bowmaster.